it going, Sha? I'm doing my show again this week. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you're in Brooklyn, I'm doing it at Friends and Lovers on Thursday the 21st. It's uh, yeah. don't, don't Reach in the Bag, and it's my show about working in a porn store. Um, and I just, I had such a good time doing it. And uh, it would be lovely to do it in front of people. Luckily, I, I mean, I did it in front of people last time, and that was nice. So if I could, you know, if lightning could strike, uh, you know, a fourth or fifth time, that would be lovely. <laughs> so I'm like, we don't where ask do I, much. yeah, where do I have a captive audience? Oh, listening to this right now. So, um, yeah, I'm but through. otherwise, so that's where my brain is, is uh, once again, working on my show, as you know, what it's mm-hmm. like to Amen. have this thing, uh, something that you're working on and you are not being obsessive, like you're still doing other things, but you're also like, but this is really the thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm fully there. I, I get you. I am, uh, I'm running the show twice. I took this month off from running it to do like a ton of rewrites based on mm. the last like four or five that I've done. Okay. That, uh, I think are going in the right direction and I'm running it twice in August. Mm. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it's, it's weird. Like, I feel like again, th- this is fully on me. I, I fully accept the fact that uh, I, I, every pressure I'm feeling about this show is is completely my fault. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I shouldn't have told anybody uh, about the idea that early, mm-hmm. um, and that like because the idea they like, and they're like, oh, that's cool. We definitely think you could pull that off, and I I agree, I can. Um, it's just normally I tell you about it after I've already pulled after it off. After you pulled it off. Yes, right. You know? Exactly. So mm-hmm. that's the mistake I made here. I hyped up an idea that I'm still workshopping. Um, and I've never dealt with uh, industry being interested in something I'm doing, period. <laughs> and then uh, yeah. for that interest to come from a thing that uh, doesn't exist uh, fully yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a little much. Uh, so, yeah. I hear you, Sha. Uh but uh, I saw your show. I think it's dope. I'm really like legit excited for people to see it. Like it was incredibly funny, well written, well performed, and admittedly made me a little jealous. I was like, "Oh shit, shots further along on this shit than I am on mine." Well, that's so only because I lived it. I lived it a long time ago, <laughs> so it's easy for me to like talk about it very freely. But um, but yeah, I mean yours. Your show is based on a thing that's very recent that you are still processing and, and living with while right, also right. trying to make funny. And that takes some time and it's a little wild. Of course, it's the time that you're like, uh, what about this thing or this thing? Or, I mean, I got this show and they're like this. And you're like, no, not that one. It's always the thing that you don't want people to pay attention to. It's what they will pay, what they gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that's like, uh, it's it's a rule like the artists all about, right? Like, you know, whatever's like the thing you're not ready to discuss, mm-hmm. it's probably the thing you should be talking dis- about. Talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I wish the industry didn't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so that, let me figure that out on my own. Um, but yeah, I I uh I enjoy the fact that I'm not alone in this process. I mm-hmm. I uh I I feel like this is happening to a lot of us. Um, coming out of uh, the crazy like three year quarantine time, um, and not just like uh, comedians, just like people in general 
Yeah. I think they're like, they're in a place where they, uh, they're reassessing and deciding to pursue, uh, personal dreams and goals that, uh, either before they never had the, uh, for various reasons, whether it's like motivation or, uh, uh, didn't think they could or whatever the case may be. I'm just noticing a lot more people, uh, pushing forward with, uh, ambitious ideas. Um, Mm -hmm. and now we're like a year into it and a lot of people are like, Oh, this is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Cause I'm getting that feedback a lot. Like I'm hanging out with people at barbecues and like, you know, like I got like a friend that's like doing like a full dream reno for their home. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, you know, if it's not now, it's never going to happen. Uh, eight months ago. And right. right now they were like, yo, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? And we sitting in a like half like remodeled home and shit. And right. I'm like, yo, it's better happen. Like you need walls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it truly has to happen. It has to happen. Like legally, you can't have babies in there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got a family, like they need these walls again. <laughs> oh my god. You know, so like I feel for people because I I think uh, we I I think as artists we while still very much uncomfortable with this part of the process mm-hmm. we've at least experienced this before, right? Like I'm seeing people that for the first time ever are pursuing something ambitious like this that they haven't really had to do since school. Yeah, you know, and the stakes are higher. You know, it's not like a grade anymore. It's like you know. Uh, it's a real thing in terms of like your time, your cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're investing more into it because it, it feels definitive to a lot of people. Uh, I've met a lot more people writing like a novel for the first time. They're like, right. oh yeah, you know, like I never thought I, I could, but I've always wanted to and they're doing it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting time. I, I, I'd like to think that like the next, the next like great American novel will come from this period. Um, Just because more people are trying. Yeah, I think so. You know, the housing market crash in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I started comedy in 2009. And mm. a lot of people started around then. In Atlanta, anyway, in my scene, a lot of folks were just like, I'll just give it a shot or whatever. And so there's a definite like feeling of like, oh, we're we're doing this thing. Um, and I remember reading or hearing someone say like, oh, there are all these new comics because, you know, the housing crisis and people feel like, well, I can't, uh, nothing is promised. So I might as well give, uh, give this a try. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, oh, that's novel. I mean, perhaps that is why some people, I mean, all the people I know who got into it, we just wanted to try it. None of us were any closer to getting the house than we were before the housing crisis. But um, I could see where a lot of people at that time were like trying a thing. Yeah. They were just like, well, I don't know what to do. I I took this. I, I took this path and this path was supposed to lead me to this and this and this. And none of that is the case. Right. So why don't I try doing what I think I might want to do? Uh, and there was a sense of that in 2008, 2009, as stuff was crumbling around us a little bit. Now it's a full on crumble. Now it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like, oh, it's all falling apart. But um, uh, and so I think there is also a, a, 
a great deal of that happening now too. Oh, yeah. people like, oh, oh, for real, for real. I thought the housing crisis was bad. This is housing and health and work and food and everything. Um, so let me get what I can now because who knows how long it'll be. Not quite that fatalistic. I mean, I tend to put a <laughs> fatalistic spin on everything. I don't mean to, but I can see where that definitely things have that feel to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and folks are really giving it a shot. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I hope we all reach some I hope we all reach some point of satisfaction. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We can't all be winners, but I hope that we are all satisfied with where we get to with our journeys. Okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Like it, 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 that reminds me of the, uh, the, the, the pursuit of happiness line from Will Smith, mm. where like he says that he's like the, the happiness part wasn't guaranteed. Like they were real smart to put, uh, pursuit of happiness right in the phrasing of that because mm -hmm. that's all you can promise is like trying to do the thing right yeah. and you know it also because happiness changes as you keep yeah. moving what what happiness becomes to you what happiness is to you changes often um and you just gotta and you end up chasing oh i think this is the happiness now or the you know um I've read some things where uh, some articles that are like happiness is not a real thing that you can ever really reach mm. um, that uh, the, the drive to be happy is kind of fruitless because you'll never, you'll get to a thing and you'll never be happy. And I was just like, this is a little deep for, you know, <laughs> teen Vogue or wherever I read it in. And, um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> Um, but if you, you know, I don't know, adjust your view on what can make you happy. Um, you know what I mean? Maybe that helps without you feeling like if I don't get this, I'll never be happy. Like that's such a unhealthy way it feels like to look at it and that yeah. maybe it should be more of, well, let's see where this gets me. And I think I might like what I think will be on the other side, but I guess in getting there, let's not. Uh, be unhappy thinking that as soon as I get that thing, I will be happy. Let's try to have the happiness throughout the whole pursuit. Mm. Right. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, our listeners will let us know. Trips and correspondence. <laughs> let me know if I make sense or if I am, you know, if it's heat stroke or something that's happening <laughs> to me. Yeah, either tell us you agree or uh, just call your local authorities. Yeah, send, uh, <laughs> for a wellness send, check. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. man. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes I think, sometimes I'll be down here like, man, that was deep. And sometimes I'll be down here like, man, I need the air conditioning in this basement. Like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell when you're being profound and when actually you need a snack. <laughs> Is that what's wrong? Have you had water today? <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, man. Let's get into the dudes. <laughs> All right. Uh, the worst variant is here, apparently. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> nearly, speaking of uplifting news, yeah. uh, nearly uh, two and a half years 
uh, since the uh, coronavirus pandemic began, the most infectious and transmissible variant yet has arrived. Uh, repeated COVID-19 waves have left millions of people uh, uh, dead with only vaccines helping to blunt the toll. Now the virus is spreading again, evolving, escaping, uh, evolving, escaping immunity and driving an uptick in cases and hospitalizations. The latest version of its shape shifting, uh, the BA5 or the BA5? I think the BA5. I think we're BA. not buying it. I think it's okay. BA. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wanted to know what they was going. Maybe they would yell like, bah. You know what I mean? Okay, BA5. Yeah, no, I don't think at any point a scientist is, is trying to make that noise. And that could be on us. We should have more scientists that are trying to make that kind of noise. But we'll I don't talk. think. I think, I think uh, it's just the BA. Because there's like the BA4.5 something the ba5 the ba1 ba02 you know point this like i think that's how (laughs) how they want it said but yeah this five is on our uh, on our ass for sure for sure yeah yo ba5 is a clear sign that the pandemic is far from over the newest offshoot of omicron along with the closely related variant ba4 are fueling a global surge in cases 30 percent over the past fortnight uh what how, how long is a fortnight again um, is a fortnight two weeks? No, right? Is I, a fortnight I, two weeks? Fortnight? Yeah, little, you're right. Period of two it's weeks. Two weeks? Okay. All right. I always try to remember like four scores is one of those time things that I don't hear often. Fortnight is another one. Oh yeah, because a score is twenty years. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I only and know those because of the Lincoln weeks. speech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only reason <laughs> any of us know. Any uh, of it. In Europe, the Omicron uh, subvariants are powering a spike in cases of about 25%. Um, uh, given the almost collapse in testing, BA5 is on the march in China, ratcheting anxieties that uh, major cities there may soon reinforce strict lockdown measures that were only recently lifted. Uh, and the same variant has become the dominant strain in the U.S., where it accounted for 65% of the new infections last week. Uh, uh, according to uh, Centers uh, for Disease Control and Prevention. I'm so jealous of China for having lockdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, here's the here's the big issue, and I don't know how the rest of the country is dealing with it, although I have an idea. I just know here in New York, um, the vibe is uh, so... Like, no one... <laughs> No one seems to care anymore. Yeah. And um it's uh it's kind of wild. It's a little wild. Like and it's easy to because no one seems to care, it's easy to like fall into it because most of our lives have been not having to worry about this and only right. the past two and a half have been having to worry about this. So it's easy to go back to like oh, I don't need to wear ma- all that, but then you know, suddenly you realize, oh, no one can come out to eat with me because they all have COVID. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know 10 people with COVID right now. You, you go to That's things and people are like, oh, yeah, I just had COVID two weeks ago. And they're just spitting all over everything. And I'm like, <laughs> well, look, I don't. I And also the, the thing with the BA5 is that the, the, um, the whole thing, the antibodies, the thing everybody had been like counting on, like, well, I got it. So I should be good for like six to eight months right and it's like no you're good for like two weeks maybe and so you can get it like one right after the other no one cares about that anymore 
uh, people are like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like it. And it's, I'm still wearing a mask inside places because one place that I can say definitely still cares a lot is my day job. Mm. So they still have pretty hardcore like guidelines right now. And so um, I just take that energy with me out into the world so that I don't bring the world into my office. And so I don't bring the world into my house. So I am just still doing that but i am also tired of it i do it but i'm tired yeah it's i i get it it's uh mentally it's taxing like yeah i I understand to constantly be concerned about this thing um but yeah no i just it is what it is like it's the situation um I, i i i don't even know anymore i don't know what the answer is i feel like we uh we gotta hope that people smarter than us figure out a way to like trick us into wearing masks again. Like there has to be, <laughs> there yeah. has to be like a solution that like, that, cause it's not that we don't know what to do anymore. Like we know. Yeah. Like, we know masks. what to do. Yeah. It's just the things that they're asking us to do. We don't feel like doing. It's just what it comes down to. Like, mm-hmm. um, it has to be something that's small enough that people be like, All right, I can handle that. Like, you know, like the flu, for example, like, if you told me that to prevent the flu, I had to wear a mask. And the more I think about it, I think that would actually help with the flu. Yeah, it absolutely would. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel yeah. like that That's would help. That's why nobody got the flu for like a year yeah. and a half there. And no one got any colds and no one got sinus infections and all of this shit. Think of the, all the other stuff that we didn't get because we had to wear a mask so that we wouldn't get COVID. We didn't yeah. get a lot of stuff. But it, but it, in turn, like we've all <laughs> accepted that like a uh, little flu. Like there, there's an there's an amount of flu that we're like tolerant with in exchange for not having to wear the mask every day. Like, all right, thirty percent of us gonna get a flu. Yeah, that's cool. I'm all right with that. Uh, like, what, like this many people die. Okay, we cool with that. But yeah. I'll get the shot every year. That's right. I'll meet I'll meet you this much. Like I'll do this. This is like an hour of my time a year. Cool. But the mask every day, they're not about that. And we gotta find an equivalent version of that, where like unfortunately it's not perfect. But, like, we can at least sell the majority on making that level of commitment because well, we haven't found that yet. I think the thing is that will be found, but we will be long gone by the time it's because where <laughs> we are, because where we are right now with the flu, where we're like, all right, I mean, I guess I'll get a flu shot every year and, uh, you know, uh, we're, try to wash my hands because if there's anything COVID taught me is we were not all washing our hands. Word up. And so... um you know, like being that way about kind of blase about the flu to where we're like, all right, I'll take a shot. I I guess I'm philosophically okay with this many people dying from it, blah, blah, blah. Took years. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like the we're at that point because of the hundred years since the Spanish flu. Right. And so we will not see when COVID will be relegated to that kind of status of like, okay, I, that feels like a good number of people, like not a good number of people dying, but I can philosophically live with that. I guess I'll take this shot every year. And I, you know, I, I don't think, and I don't know. I think the mask won't catch on because it's been so politicized. So that could be, I mean, that literally is the thing that I'm doing. That's keeping me that, 
I, you know, knock wood, that's keeping me from getting it. Yeah. But um, it's playing a big part in it. I mean, I uh, I would love to get um, another booster, um, but I tried. And at the time, they were limiting it in a way where they were just like, you have to be 50. You're 49. And I'm like, give me a fucking break. <laughs> and um, they're like, no, sorry. Got to be 49. You got to be 50. So, like, I can't even do that. Um, and so the only thing I can do to try and control it is wear a mask. And that's the small thing. I'm like, I'll do this. And, and that is not anything that people want to deal with anymore. And, you know, I now have different kinds of masks where one is for talking. So when I'm in the office or when I'm teaching my class, I wear that particular mask because there's room there's room in it for my mouth to move. Oh, okay. And I wear another kind that is much closer to my face. And I wear that when I'm going places where I'm not going to be talking to anybody. <laughs> and I'm on that's the train. Dope. Yeah. So, I mean, but that's still, you know, that's me like really accepting masks in my life to a point <laughs> where I'm like, oh, here's my outside mask. Here's my nighttime mask. Here's my, you know what I mean? Like, what? The- <laughs> I'm about it. I, I, I'm pro mask only because it's like stylistic. Like if you just give me a hot looking mask, I'm about it. I, I got a Yankee mask, <laughs> oh, match my fitteds. You know what I mean? That's really all I need. You tell me yeah. it look cool. I'm a, I'm down. That's it. You you could have sold masks that match like my uptowns, my Tims. It wouldn't have been hard. I, I wouldn't. Mean, need, I, I didn't even need the COVID part of it. I would just wore it because it looked cool. Wore the mask, yeah. You know, it's it's warm. It is warm, uh, I and I it. do have. Like black ones, gray ones, khaki ones. Like I did go out and find colors, you know. <laughs> Y'all mix it up, you know. What I mean, keep COVID on his toes. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, good luck out there to everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy. You know, yeah, I mean, take it's your still out here, and it's, it's still out it's here. taking people down. So real talk, you know. be stretch. I don't know if that helps, but stretch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it can't I, hurt. It can't hurt. <laughs> As I'm saying, you know what I mean? Maybe you could run away from COVID faster when it's coming to... I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying, if we give a health advice, throw that in there, too. It never, yeah. It's never a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> in other news, uh, the euro and the U.S. dollar are at parity for the first time in 20 years. Uh, hmm. the, the exchange rate between the euro and the U.S. dollar has reached parity, meaning the two currencies are worth the same. The euro hit $1 on Tuesday, down about 12% since the start of the year. Fears of a recession (laughs) on the continent abound, uh, stoked by high inflation and energy supply uncertainty caused by Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. All Uh, right. So is this something to celebrate? Because it sounds like the euro took a hit. Yeah, the euro, <laughs> Euro's dropping out here in the streets, yo. <laughs> and we're all like, we're equal. And it's like, yeah, but at what cost? Yikes. Well, there, there's a weird benefit for Americans, which they get to uh, in the article. Uh, uh, by the way, the European Union, which received roughly 40% of its gas from Russian pipelines uh, before the war, is attempting to reduce its dependence on Russian oil and gas. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the reason that uh, Americans are celebrating this is because we are hitting the summer, baby. And you know what that means. The U.S. dollar uh, is going to go further when Americans go to Europe on vacation. You know what I mean? You out there shopping. You out there buying drinks. It used to be a situation with the exchange rate. Your dollar didn't go as far. Not no more, baby. You come out here with regular pesos 
And you out here spending in Europe, you know what I mean? That sparkling water costs the same. Not a big deal in your life. Um, I I do want to uh <laughs> just kind of add a little something. And I don't know, I didn't even look ahead to see if this was a story that you had. But did you know that Heathrow Airport is asking airlines to stop selling tickets for summer flights? Really? London's Heathrow Airport. Why? <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what this says. Why? Um Oh, because of delays there? and stuff? Or it's limiting daily passengers to 100,000. I'm looking at this at CNN Business. All right, let me turn this up. I was about to say that like, they don't want us going there with our, with our dollars? <laughs> yeah, that might. I mean, I'm not saying that's a why, but because, I mean, they're not even part of the euro, but, you know, a lot of people will fly through London and then get to the other places. Yeah. Um, Heathrow is asking airlines to stop selling any more tickets for travel this summer as it announces a cap on passengers allowed to fly from the airport. The London airport will limit passengers to 100,000 a day until September 11th as it struggles to cope with high demand and a lack of resources. Uh, CEO John Holland Kay announced the, quote, difficult decision, end quote, in an open letter to passengers saying, over the past few weeks, as departing passenger numbers have regularly regularly exceeded 100,000 a day, we have started to see periods where service drops to a level that is not acceptable. Our colleagues are going above and beyond to get as many passengers away as possible, but we cannot put them at risk for their own safety and well-being. Many airlines have been working to reduce the number of passengers going in and out of Heathrow, but Holland K says Heathrow's latest forecast shows an excess number of seats had already been sold and therefore, airlines need to stop selling tickets now. Wow. So they can't handle it. So we can't even go over there and take advantage of the fact that our dollar and the euro is the same because London's like, uh-uh, no, we full. Come on, B. We ain't got room. We out of toilet paper. We full. Yo, y'all killing it, man. I want to go out there and buy some fish and sticks, <laughs> you know? Fish and chips. That's fish it. and chips. Here you go. I know y'all did something with fish. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, head over to Italy, get some pizza. Uh huh. Sure. You know, I I, uh, I I misordered pizza once, and I didn't know how it worked. I went I went to like a a pizza shop in like this little town in Italy, and I don't speak Italian like at all, obviously. Right. And I didn't know, like I from what I understand afterward, when I spoke with someone else that like was there. Uh, they the pizza shop that I went to was a local shop, and they didn't sell by slice. They sold by like size and weight. Uh huh. So I was supposed to tell him how much pizza I wanted, and he was like, he was doing hand motions over the pizza, and right. I thought he was telling me small, medium, or large, like pasta. I like nah, just one. So I kept going one, and he kept telling me like how big. Uh huh. And then I'm trying to tell him how how do I pay. And I kept saying, like, la money, la money. And, like, my wife was like, yo, that's French. Like, that's not English or Italian. Um, so Bruh, you said la money, yo, la money? I said, yo, la money, la money. One slice, la money. And uh, I'm- Why did you- Okay, no, finish the story, because I got a lot of questions already. Yeah, so, like, he gave me a slice. It was phenomenal, but he was angry. Like, he was mad. Uh, mm-hmm. Then it was like a Wednesday and like the next day they closed. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in my heart, a part of me felt like that was about me. 
that they were like, yo, how long are these dudes in town for? Nah, B. Let's wait till they leave. We ain't opening up this local pizza shop until these dudes is done. Why did you think they would sell you a slice? Because that's how slices, that's how pizza works in New York. In like, New York? Yeah, like my whole life. In New life, York. Right, but I felt like I'm going to the source. Like, I thought, if anything, I was going to be like, yo, they cut, like, these slices, like, even more triangular. You know, I didn't know, like, I didn't, I'd never been anywhere else at that point. That was my first right. time leaving, like, America that wasn't to the Dominican Republic. And, okay. You know, you don't order pizza in the Dominican Republic. That's madness. They put corn on it over there. It's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, <laughs> I, I saw that on a menu once, and I just took a strong stance. Like, all right, my okay. people are great, but they don't do this well. Um, so I don't know so, how they cut pizza in the Dominican Republic, but I know the only pizza I had was always in slices, and uh-huh. I feel like I'm justified because the pizza chains, you know, Pizza Hut, Domino's, which I feel like, while not indicative of what good pizza is, mm-hmm. it's uh copy of pizza culture so if they cut it in slices i figured everybody cut it in slices because they're everywhere where so, wait so you've had a slice of domino's pizza i have of course yeah it's not good but i've had it but that wasn't part of a pie where you bought a slice of domino's pizza oh no i've had that from papa john's though papa john's will sell you a slice okay so now was there any other place in Italy that you could have gotten pizza or was it just this one place? It, in this town, it was that one place. Cause like uh-huh. we went with, uh, uh, to, to make the trip affordable. We went with like, uh, a church group. So right. we were staying in like random, like little towns. Okay. So I was in like a local hood. Like this pizza shop was like in a mountain. Like right. I had to like hike to get to the uh-huh. shop. Uh-huh. And like, I was like one of like two customers at the time I was in there. Mm-hmm. So, like, we had time to like interact, um, and I felt like everyone else had pieces of pizza, <laughs> which were you just know? their small, medium, or largest pizza that they've already eaten on. Maybe, yeah, but like, yeah. it looked like it was like it's not like they were buying whole pies. It, it didn't feel like it anyway. Admittedly, okay. the more I thought about it, they didn't have circles; they had squares. So that should have oh, been like a sign. Right. Right. But uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I like I messed it all up. I know that. Like I'm owning it. Like I know. Oh wow! I went That's in a... there aggressive. Yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Like <laughs> uh, uh, more like adult me. I feel like I would have handled that differently. This was like peak, like ignorant me. Like I was like 19. Oh yeah, no, you weren't trying to. Okay. Yeah, nah, I was like Timberland out in this place, like yelling, like yo. <laughs> You ain't you. You don't know what you're doing in here, Italian dude. Okay, this is not how you do pizza, and oh uh, I'm God. sure he's had pizza there for like 300 years. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> that that place was like for and real. I that place never closed until you went in there and yelled at him. Yo, la money, la money, <laughs> which is so funny. I feel like that is what the name of your next album should be. <laughs> la money. The money is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. What are we going to do? But, yo, that's the power of the Euro, baby. You know what I mean? I feel like they created the Euro right after that because of me. They're like, yo, we got we got, uh, we got, to figure out hurdles for these Americans, you know, from coming here. Well, yeah. also, I'm sorry to the EU that your 
uh, euro now is the same as a dollar. That's it. Um, because I can tell you over here on this end, a dollar ain't what it used to be. It <laughs> so if a euro <laughs> is what a dollar is and a dollar ain't what it used to be, oh boy. We're taking hits right now. Jay-Z yeah, ain't rapping yeah. about you no more. Yeah, That's yeah. It. We It's not a good look all around. <laughs> <laughs> we all struggling, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Another news. Uh, Spain to make some train journeys free from September on. Uh, public transportation prices on the state-owned uh, service across Spain have already been uh, slashed in half in response to the rapidly rising energy and inflation rates. Now the government has announced further 100% discounts. As of September, passengers will be able to travel across various trains operated by public train net- network Renfe uh, for absolutely nothing. Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has announced that multi-journey tickets for trains operated by the network's public service, uh, Cercanías, uh, Rodales, and uh, Media Distance, uh, which is the equivalent to local and medium distance journeys, are to be free of charge from September 1st until the end of the year. Uh, the measure excludes uh, single journey tickets or long distance travels, according to the public uh, broadcast uh, network from their area. Uh, the uh, This measure encourages... To the maximum, the use of this type of collective public transportation to guarantee the needed daily commute with a safe, reliable, and comfortable economic and sustainable means of transportation amid the extraordinary circumstances of the steady increase of energy and fuel prices. Uh, Spain isn't the only European country that's taken measures to reduce uh, public transportation costs. Last month, Germany launched a Nine uh, euro, nine fifty, uh, not no more. <laughs> uh, limited <laughs> monthly <laughs> public transportation ticket that can be used on local and regional transports across the country. Uh, the deal, uh, uh, deal part of the uh, government energy relief package is scheduled to run until the end of August. And Austria uh, introduced a heavily discounted climate ticket valid on all modes of public transportation in the country with an aim of encouraging people to leave their cars at home. You know, this is uh, interesting to me because there's been a lot of talk on Twitter lately about high-speed rail, which I know this isn't. This is just public transportation in cities. Yeah. Uh, which I, um, you know, it, it's it's not hard for me to speak on it because I've, you know, I'm in New York now and that's basically how I get around is public transportation. Um, but also having lots of times when I lived in Atlanta using their public transportation and, um, and, you know, really still trying to keep up with how that's working for them. And it is and isn't, and, you know, and knowing whenever I go to a new city in the country, if it's a big enough city trying to use their public transportation, because I'm just curious as to where it goes. And ultimately it goes to the airport and back and like to whatever <laughs> hotel airport. That's like it. That's the only train we have runs from the airport to a park parking lot. And then from there you, you do what you need to do. But, um, uh, I, it's just, there's just a lot of talk about transportation, right? I'm seeing on Twitter, uh, and like high rail and what that would mean for um, America if they ever okayed like a high rail system. I'd love that. I'm, that I'm, would be so great. Yeah, I, I have a whole like I I I I really get angry in general with uh, local transportation not being optimal. Um, yeah, I uh, 
in New York, I, I got a ton of issues with like the city bike system. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it doesn't cover nearly enough urban neighborhoods. Um, uh, in terms of the the uh, train in New York, I think it should be free to anyone in the city. Um, I mean, it, it is wild how much they they how much they charge for it. Um, like it's just it's basically the way it's one of the few places that I've ever been where everybody uses it. Yeah. Do you know it? Like everybody uses it in some capacity. Sincerely. Like, uh, and, yeah. And Even my people thing is who like, don't use it have yeah. used it. And that's how they got to a point where they feel like they can't. <laughs> cause they did for a Yo, while. Like, cause real talk, this is one of the few times where I feel like I could sell, uh, the upper class on paying more in taxes. Because mm. I feel like everyone should pay. I'm okay with it being part of my taxes. I mm-hmm. feel like everyone up until, like, let's say, rough math, obviously, like, let's say until you're like at 150 grand, from mm-hmm. 50 to 150 grand a year, you should pay an, uh, a certain amount of taxes that covers roughly you commuting four times a week back and forth. Mm-hmm. But if you make more than that, you should be exponentially charged more. Like, if you make a million dollars a year, you should be able to cover five people's fares. Okay. Right? And the reason, and my logic is why a rich person would be willing to do that is because, in turn, it would now make you driving everywhere feasible, which is what you want to do. <laughs> right. You know if what I mean? If you get like, everybody you, off of the street, if you get all the poors off the street, now yeah, it's open for you. <laughs> Yo, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a weird way of pitching it, but it's the truth. Like, yeah, it give is us very a free much the way- truth. Yeah, like, give us a free way to commute to the jobs that we do for you. And in turn, you get to go to that job in your limo or right. your caddy without you having to, to worry about traffic again places late. It's just you and and city buses. Straight <laughs> your, up, yo. Your big Lincoln town car and city buses, and that's like it. That's it. Don't run over my boy trying to make a delivery for Uber Eats. Right. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I feel like if you're a... Because all the people that need those things don't live in the city. They're, but, you know, they need to get to the city for work. Right. And, and, and it shouldn't cost them to get to work that much. They shouldn't have to make those type of decisions. I feel like that should be covered. And if you're making yep. millions off of these employees, you should be willing to cover some of that in exchange mm-hmm. for having the benefit to drive everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? I feel, if, I, I feel like it makes sense. And I I, it makes sense to me. I I'm sure there's probably something wrong in there somewhere, but I don't see it. So I'm yo. down for it. <laughs> I don't see a problem. <laughs> you know. And the same thing with the with 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 the with the high speed rail joint. Like yo, like if you telling me I could buy a house in like Philly and live mm-hmm. New York ish for like right. you know thirty percent off, and I could still mm-hmm. commute here and work. Yeah, I'm with that. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Sign mm-hmm. me up. You know what I mean? Uh. I, I, I feel like that there's stuff like that that we need to start looking at more because it uh it, it it allows for different lifestyle things that while beneficial to us admittedly, which is why I want it, I mm-hmm. think there's a ton of benefits for rich people. Like you just uh, increase the hiring pool that's available to you. You that's know what true. I mean? Like there's yep. a ton of like real benefits to like evil corporate empires <laughs> that I think I could sell <laughs> them on as well. You know what I mean? Let's do this, B. Come on, man. <laughs> now, I want a house in the suburbs, but I want to see a Broadway play. 
You know? Look, let me tell you something. CEOs, all y'all out here, all you rich people, Gastor is a man of the people, but he also knows how y'all think. Work Yo, with him. Real talk, <laughs> B. I'll find a middle ground for you. Yeah, he. Uh, I. I think you. You lose him by trying to ignore all of us. Some of us know how y'all move. No, for real. <laughs> Just really know how y'all move and know the best way. Come on now. That's it, man. You know, what I mean, we could figure this out. But uh, shouts to Spain for you know and uh, these other countries for doing stuff like this. Um, yeah. During these times, like sincerely, this is dope. This is what you know government should be doing. You know, what I mean, it's crazy uh, doing stuff to help the constituents. Wild idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally, uh, thousands of leaked Uber documents show the extreme steps the company allegedly took to expand aggressively. Oh, speaking of evil companies, here we go. Mm. Uh, hundreds of thousands of leaked Uber documents uh, obtained by The Guardian and uh, shared uh, with the, a consortium of news outlets shows how during its most aggressive period of growth, the ride-hailing company reportedly employed secret technology to thwart police investigations, sought favors from high-ranking government officials, and even perceived a silver lining in possible violent clashes between its drivers and taxicab operators. <laughs> Yo! Uber's on one. Real talk. Uber's evil corp. That's what's up, oh, B. Oh, wow. Mr. Robot references in here. I like it. Uh, let's do this. Uh, the uh, Uber's most controversial days were from 2013 to 2017. Um, in 2016, for example, during a mass anti-Uber demonstration by taxi operators in Paris, uh, uh, Travis Kalanick, the uh, then uh, CEO of Uber, uh, had been discussing holding a rally of Uber riders and drivers in the city, according to the Washington Post. Kalanick said to have privately suggested that any violent backlash to the potential event would be worth it and would guarantee success for the company, according to leaked documents. The leaked documents reportedly show how Uber appeared to capitalize on attacks against his drivers more generally by citing them to secure meetings with politicians and push for regulatory changes. Uh, in a wider statement to the consortium responding to the number of reports, uh, Devon Spur Spurgeon, a spokesperson for Kalanick, said the former CEO never suggested that Uber should take an advantage of the violence at the expense of rider safety. Ah, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Continue. Uber Continue. Uh, also reportedly used the kill switch to prevent company data from uh, falling into the hands of law enforcement during numerous police raids in various <laughs> countries. <laughs> the uh, kill switch was reportedly deployed in six countries, including France, Netherlands, Belgium, India, Hungary, and Romania severing uh, connections between Uber's computers and its local offices from the company's main cloud network. Uh, Spurgeon's statement to the uh, to them uh, with regards to this was uh, Uber's legal and regulatory teams, and it was never designed uh, or implemented to obstruct justice. It was just a tool. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> just a tool. <laughs> As uh, part of the uh, worldwide lobbying effort, uh, that Uber cultivated close ties with Emmanuel Macron, who at the time served as France's economic minister and met at least four times with uh, Kalanick. The pair reportedly developed a first-name basis relationship. And uh, Macron told Kalanick he could help make changes to French law that would be favorable to the company. 
The BBC cited a statement from Macklin's spokesperson saying his job at the time led him to meet, interact with uh, many companies engaged in the sharp shift in the service sector, which had to be facilitated by unlocking administrative and regulatory hurdles. All right, word salad. <laughs> uh, Kalanak resigned the CEO of Uber in 2017 after a months of PR crisis, including over a tool it reportedly built to help drivers dodge law enforcement in cities like Portland, Oregon, where it was not allowed to operate. Uber has since tried to turn a new leaf, replacing Kalanak with uh, Dara uh, Korosha uh, Shahi, the former CEO of Expedia. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't even know how that works. But, I don't uh, even know how that transfer. Look, I, uh, for the time of Travis Kalanick, I read everything possible about him leaving. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about what a lousy job he was doing. And um, because he was very vocal and just very like, uh, we're changing the world. Just like anyone in all of the, every documentary that you've watched about a company where they promise some newfangled thing or some new way to do an old thing. And then you realize, and the CEO is always this wild, charismatic, talking out the side of his neck person. And then you get in there and you're like, oh, he's actually slap boxing his employees for lunch. Like what? <laughs> and so he, he did and said some wild stuff. And some of this is surprising, but some of it is not because he had a lot of, issues even with the stepping down part was just like it was all overwrought i recommend kind of looking into it until they make the documentary on them which i'm not sure they have yet but i'm sure they will it's coming um but yeah this is look (laughs) hey anyone out there if you try by any means necessary right that's what that's what we're (laughs) learning from these monsters by any means necessary Yeah, like every time I like I read an article like this, like in a weird way, I feel like, yo, man, I need to work harder. Yeah. You I'm know? like, oh, I'm not, I don't know if I'm dastardly enough to do some of the shit I need to do in order to get yo, to where I think I want to be. Like each one of these things would have been like a peak achievement in evil. And he's right. like, nah, B, I'm doing all of these. Oh, now. I'm doing all of it. We're, yeah. we're blanketing the town with all kinds of terrible things i'm the most evil thing in every country you know of baby europe spain hungary i'm there baby i got you and and because he just had confidence that he'd be able to talk people into it yo because that's the other thing is that if you talk enough and talk a good game and talk circles around folks people go all right and i mean i definitely fall for that if you throw enough words at me i'm like i mean i guess sure jump the line i don't care you know i don't know what yeah it's fine i can wait go ahead but um but yeah like to do that on such a grand scale is so wild yo respect you know what i mean uh respect the- <laughs> you always give them respect they're the worst people and gaster always comes in with respect i respect this dude and i'm like no that's what like I'm trying he... to tell you, CEOs. Every time we have a story about some CEO doing something crazy, Gastor comes through with a respect. Yo. Listen to this man. He knows how y'all think. He's, gonna, st- <laughs> he's a man of the people, but he knows how y'all think. I swear to you, Gastor. It's yo, not like- for president for liaison. <laughs> I don't know if I want Gastor for president, but I definitely want his voice in the president's ear. Yo, Gastor for liaison. <laughs> 
I'm like reading this and I'm like, listen, I don't want these things to happen, but I'm mm-hmm. impressed that like, yo, you went about it <laughs> and you was winning. <laughs> yo, yo, my man, you got it done. You know what I mean? Admittedly, like, a, like I wish you like was the general manager of the New York Giants. I want this kind of vision on my football team. Execute right. winning. Right. I don't want you doing evil things, but yo, you got it done. You know what I mean? Like, sh- yo. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, my man. Oh, my God. Travis yeah. is out here doing it. <laughs> but not the, not the shots at your employees. Not the, I mean, oh, man. maybe not that. <laughs> if you would like for me to serve as the presidential liaison, all you got to do is like and subscribe do. to the show, baby. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I'm here for the people, but I understand, you know. I get it. I, I've been on both sides of these. I'm starting my own empire. You know what I mean? It's going to be crazy. <laughs> if you're an Apple or Spotify listener, we appreciate you and your ratings. Sincerely, uh, four stars. You don't think I got I got much value to add to Travis and Kalanick. Listen, admittedly, they got all the enthusiasm and ambition they need. I'm just here to maybe like point them in the right direction. Like, hey, listen, uh, Maybe, like, you know, don't crush all the people in this country. <laughs> you know? Just little things like that. I'm going to throw them That's in the fair. ear. You know what I mean? That's fair. We still don't need crush them all as customers. People. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Five stars. You understand the added value I could offer. Okay? <laughs> Listen. They'll still be corrupt. They'll still make billions. But we'll have fast running trains. Okay? We'll oh. get the places faster. It'll be beautiful. You know? Mm-hmm. I love yep. this future. Yeah, yeah. If you have any articles you want us to cover, uh, please DM us directly on Twitter or Instagram at Silky Jumbo or at Gastromonte. Fully understand if you don't want to send any more corrupt uh, CEO articles to inspire yeah, me further. Yeah, I think we're good. I, I get it. Good. I get it. Stick with the animals. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> with all that said, I am future presidential liaison, Gastromonte. Gastor Le Money Almonte. <laughs> Gastor Le Money. Le Money Le Money Almonte. <laughs> With my campaign manager, Soleil was sharp. Yep. Yeah. I'm Getting in the it back. done, baby. This is a winning ticket. Yep. Straight up Manchurian candidate. <laughs> back there. Oh man. Look at that. Shalel's all, she's already getting uh, rolls from Denzel. I love this. <laughs> we winning. We winning. <laughs> it's been a war report. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Boom. Oh.